Hey, everybody. Welcome to Better. I'm Julie Duffy, and joining me is... Dr. John Duffy. <laughs> hey, babe, what's up? Hi, honey. Um, you are in the director's chair today. Yes. It, it, it's fetching. It's a, good, it's a good look for you. It's kind of working for me. Yeah. Uh, so we... It's mid-January already. It is. Uh, you, John took last week off to... Uh, well, off from clinical work to finish his next book. And, well, let me paint a picture. <laughs> oh, God. He, well, no, you, you totally cranked. John wrote 30,000 words in five days. That's true. More than half the book. Yeah. You were totally in the zone. You So picture a sick guy um, with a knit cap on, and he sat at the table... And it sounded like this. I've referred to your clickety clackety typing before. <laughs> and one night I came home. It was so cute. You, it had gotten dark, <laughs> and you hadn't noticed. I was unaware. So it that, gets dark gradually. For those of you not in the know. <laughs> <laughs> so the house is totally dark, and you're just a glow from the computer screen. <laughs> you're just like in your own world. But you cranked. Yes, I wish I could. I did. I cranked. It was because um, it's about parenting teenagers, like my last book was, but it's got a whole different angle because it's so different to parent teenagers now than it was even five or six years ago. And the teenage years have stretched out in a way that I describe in the book. And I knew exactly what I wanted to say because it's what I see all the time at work. Yeah, so the working title is. Um Parenting the new teenager, ages eight to twenty-four, in Oof. the age of anxiety. Yes. So that's just the working title and vibe. And there's so much going on that's alarming and in need of our attention that you. It's pretty easy. It was. It comes pretty easily for you to have a lot to write about. And, you, you, and there, you, there are issues that I don't think everybody knows about. Like a lot of people, I think it, it, it'll help lift a veil on what it's like to be a teenager now and why it starts so young now, you know, 13. If you're starting to have teenage talks with your kid when right. you're 11, 12, or 13, you've missed it by years, yeah. what they need to hear. <laughs> That's seriously true. So yeah. that should be coming out in August of this year in time for back to school stuff. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about a couple of those things today. I was thinking, though, as a, as a note before we start that, that I wish I could wear the knit cap that I wore the whole week while I was writing now because yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I got a haircut and I stopped paying attention and just closed my eyes. Okay, wait. So, yeah. So I'll just, just from my point of view for a sec. Julie was there. I never go. So John and George both get their haircut a lot of times at just great clips, right? One of those just quick. $12 yeah. in and out haircut place. And I think the key to getting your haircut at those places is to be very clear because <laughs> you just don't know. Maybe you, the person that you're, is cutting your hair is going to give you the best haircut ever, but you don't know that. So you'd be very, very clear exactly what you want. So John, because again of his writing week, he was sick, was tired. So he took that opportunity <laughs> to just close his eyes. Yep. And I was playing words with friends, <laughs> and I looked up, and I was like, it was totally quiet there. I'm like, 
John, no more. I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes. It, it's like he was, it's a military cut. <laughs> it's, it's the shortest. It's, has it ever, you, in 30 years, have you ever seen it this short? Never. Wow. No. It's so alarming to me. It's, I'm getting used to it, but yeah. So John's so, well, going to say, oh yeah. What, what we've decided I'm going <laughs> to tell people is that it's for a role yeah. that I'm working on. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a period piece. I'm playing Alan Shepard before he lands on the moon it, in 1963. Yeah, perfect. So. Perfect. Yeah. But no, it's um, super short. It was, yeah. yeah. Crazy short. I mean, <laughs> I literally, look, I, I look crazy to myself. I think we, I think. I look bald and crazy. I think, and your head's cold, which it always is anyway. But it's specifically speci- the wind rips through when you have no hair. Anyway, it was we. I think we both and we both saw it at the, about the same. Second. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I look up. I'm like, oh, John. So I told her no more, and then she kept cutting like little little pieces here and there. Well, and I was yeah, like, she... I need all the everything that's left. I'm going to need to work. Anyway, with an E, work with an E. Work with an E. Like work, 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 work. What's that? I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like a, it's a slang thing. Oh, I, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to Google that. Anywho. Um, all right. So on GN last week, you talked about something that has been going on in your office <clears throat> that's super alarming. And you recently realized by talking to a couple of other therapists that they're seeing this new phenomenon uh, in their offices. And... You have some kids, all boys, actually, that have smoked pot and afterwards feel like they've altered their brain and they freak out and it's, it's a nightmare. And it's ongoing. So, so these are not necessarily um, potheads. These are not like guys who are routine daily pot smokers or anything. Um, I'm thinking of two or three of them. I probably worked with close to, close to a dozen in the last four years or so. And the other therapists I've talked to are somewhere in that range too. So this is not isolated to my little geographic area or my practice. This is something that's happening. So a guy will go and visit a friend at school or sit in somebody's basement, smoke pot, and everyone else seems okay. And the next day, this guy feels like, I feel weird. My brain feels altered. I feel crazy, psychotic maybe, even though he doesn't, he has, he has no symptoms that are overt. In other words, he doesn't seem weird. He seems perfectly lucid. He seems like he's thinking properly. He is thinking properly, but he cannot find that. So he has traumatized himself, right? And uh, either because the pot was laced with um, LSD or PCP or something else, heroin, or um, or meth, or it was just really, really strong and potent, or something else. I don't know well, what, what, the, what the root cause is. Because you don't know, probably none of these guys know exactly what the deal was, right? They, did, they, they would have nope. no way of knowing. Not a, single, not a single one of them has any idea. And that's the scary part, is like, you know, everyone else seems fine. Everyone else can smoke pot and be fine. I have ruined my brain. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's permanent. And so the longer, imagine feeling that way. And so you're vigilant for that. You're vigilant for misthinking, thinking inappropriately or incorrectly somehow. And when you're vigilant for that, 
you find it even when it's Absolutely. not there, Absolutely. right? You know, um, it's what it's the nature of anxiety. So this is a really a post-traumatic anxious reaction to an event that is not traumatizing to everyone. So it's very odd. It's a very unusual, odd thing. I hadn't in the twenty years before this, I hadn't seen it once. I'd never heard of this before. Yeah. So everyday kids, you know, a lot of kids smoke pot, just like a lot of kids drink. They they go, they smoke. Some, you know, somebody's pot and, uh, and they feel super messed up afterwards. Yes. And the, the feeling described by these guys is strikingly consistent. So oh, you, yeah. You what take, is it? So you, you, you take a, you know, a dozen guys, you put them in a room and you ask them, you know, so tell me what this post pot trauma feels like, you know, in what way do you think you've messed up your brain? I can't feel anything. I can't think straight. I can't, I, I know my brain is different. I know my brain is different and I'm thinking differently than I was two weeks ago before I smoked. And so a few of these guys that I've worked with have gone and seen neurologists and neuropsychologists and had neuropsychological exams taken. And they're hoping every single guy I've worked with who's gone th that route is hoping there's something wrong with his brain. He wants there to be a reason, even if it's like, Tell me, seriously, one guy wow. was like, tell me there's a tumor and that that's the problem. Tell me there's something we can do about this that's objective. Meaning, tell me I didn't mess up my brain, like stupidly that mess up night. my brain that one night and I'm screwed. Yeah. Tell me this has been going on for a while and I just realized it. But the truth is, and we'll just, you know, this might be jumping ahead. Um, no, you, you can All the these truth. kids, well, no, all these kids have come out of it. That's the Every great news. Yeah, fully, 100%. So, so, you know, to take a beat, if you know someone who's going through this or if you're going through this, the great news is, uh, and it's hard to believe maybe, is every kid you know has, it's, it's subsided, it's gone away. Yes. Um, however, uh, the shortest duration I can think of was about six weeks the longest was six months. Mm. So it takes a while. Um, and it takes cognitive work. So it, it requires therapy. Um, so kids want to uh, open all these other doors. Let's see if there's something, uh, if I'm vitamin deficient, if I have a tumor, if there's something else wrong with my brain, do I need an MRI? They want to tick off all these boxes. But in the end, and I'm all for ticking off those boxes. Make sure there's nothing wrong with your mind and with your brain specifically. Oh, right. That's right? a good point. But... Um, in the end, if, barring anything neurological, if you get a clean bill of health, therapy is what gets guys through this. Because what, you're, what you, you need to work on is seeing through the fog of that anxiety to the reality that you're not thinking any differently. And you eventually can find your compass of reason and you can breathe. Anxiety is an amazing liar, like oh. a like a very skilled liar, and can create physical and psychological real symptoms. It's exactly what's happening. Absolutely believable, one hundred percent, to the smartest people. You know, to the people who feel like they are, you know, solid in their sensibility. You, it will, it can lie to you and take you on a ride. It's interesting that you say the smartest people. Um, I'm thinking through the guys I've worked with. I can't speak for other therapists right now, but the guys I've worked with. So uh, first of all, strikingly all guys, but 
in my experience, more guys smoke pot than girls do. Um, that's not true across the board, and there are plenty of girls who do. Um, but all of these guys, I'm trying to think if there was even an ex were very bright, like kind of close to the top of the class bright. I'm not sure whether that drives the vigilance a little bit, whether it's like they're you know, more aware if their brain is even a little bit altered. You know what I mean? Like if they're... Because they're looking for, like, I I mean, I'm making this up. Like, I'm wondering, I, I did something I don't usually do. Right. Like, so they're looking for, did, am I okay? Like... Now I feel you know, weird. Now I feel where, weird and I don't, I can't find normal. Do you think that's consistent? It might be. It might be. In, in a way, it's kind of hard with such a small sample size to know. All I can tell people is... This is something that's happening, mm -hmm. and it wasn't happening before. I'm pretty confident of that. So um, it's it's something to talk to your teenagers about, I think, is that this might be something that happens. So if, you know, playing a little bit devil's advocate, but also being a realist, most kids are going to try pot. Let's, you know, I'm just being really pragmatic about that. Your kid is probably going to try pot at some point. So... With that as a known in your mind, it's worth talking to your kid early on about this potentiality because I think if you're aware that this is a possibility, that might short-circuit the anxiety. You know what I mean? If you recognize like the day after, I feel super weird, but I do remember that that's a possible thing. Right. You know no, I mean? no, like, I, so absolutely. Maybe I, I just need to give this a little time and it'll pass and you can breathe a little more readily knowing this is a phenomenon than having no idea and thinking, I've I've lost my mind, I've ruined my brain, and I'm the only one who's done it. And after the neurology exam, I'm the only one who knows it, that, that they didn't find the thing. They didn't yeah. find the problem. And you know, that's one of the things we want from this podcast is to let people know what's going on. So if there's someone who's going through it, they know, okay, I'm going to be okay. Yep. There's a lot of things you know, that are alarming that we need to attend to, but this is a striking one. <laughs> oh, man, it really uh, seriously is. And um, it turns families upside down for a long time. Um, and, and, and it gets everybody's attention because imagine, if, just imagine your kid coming to you with this. Yeah. And so saying, I smoke pot um, and I feel like I've lost my mind. Yeah. yeah. It's a terrifying and, and proposition. You, and you've said kids are bedridden. Some are, yeah. Some some can't get out of bed. Some can't get to school or work. And um, some of these guys are college age. And our um, one guy's semester was over. He was home and um, going to doctor's appointments. This was the nature of two months of his life, going to doctor's appointments, coming to see me, trying to work through this. Um, I didn't get it. Mom didn't get it. The doctors, he, the neurologist didn't get it. Nobody understood. Nobody's listening. Nobody's looking for the right thing. There's just it, just sheer panic. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's super... understandable panic. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because yeah. It's not. It's not fiction that you feel differently. Anxiety is a great liar. Right. Yeah. So it's very disrupting. It's super scary, life altering for everyone in the family. Yeah. It's despair. It's so you're you know your sweet boy. Is, feels hopeless. Yeah, is, yeah. You feel like they're messed up for life, and, and they're emotionally, scared. They, they they seem flattened out because they feel that way. Yeah, yeah. But the good news again is, um, with a little therapy, 
every single guy I've worked with has come through this. I've talked to four or five other therapists who have worked with this phenomenon and all have said the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the great news. So that's just kind of a red alert we wanted to put out yeah. there. Yeah. That kind of brings us to something else we wanted to talk about is that's huge and um, kind of out of control, is understatement, is vaping and juuling. I hate vaping and juuling. I mean, I loathe vaping and juuling. And if you... If you don't know what they are, and you might not, most of us do by now, um, it's been around for six or seven years or so, um, and it is effectively taking a um, little capsule or a little pod of concentrated nicotine. Well, so we didn't. So it it first came out as a way to. Stop smoking, right? That's As an bullshit. alt, it was I, never intended for that. Never, never. But but I mean, that, <laughs> I remember that's what how I first saw it was. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm just um, taking in you know pomegranate water and 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 I'm not smoking, right? Well, right. And they had <laughs> so so it was. It's kind of I think launched off the uh, hookah bar idea. Um, oh, right. Yeah, where you get you smoke this flavored vapor, right? So. Um, and then they started at malls having this vape juice that was flavored. And so you could, and then they realized, oh, you can really, there's these little coils and you could heat them up in this little mod and carry the thing around with you. You don't have to go to a bar. You don't have to, you can, you can just carry it around. And so, um, but the minute these things came out, man, they were cotton candy flavored and trick cereal flavored. And, you know, like the idea you know, if you look look at a, look up a Juul ad, guys, J U U L, and it will tell you about. It will give you a little case history of somebody who stopped smoking because of their Juul, which contains a shitload of nicotine. By the way, it's the whole. Wait, idea. in every case, in every case, isn't there different? Juuls all contain nicotine. Oh, some vapes. I mean, if you walked into a vape shop, they would have a tiny section of vapes that contain very, very little trace amounts of nicotine. But nobody, nobody virtually stops there. You go right to the ones that contain nicotine, and they can contain a little bit up to, like, one thing can contain one little... And you, I cannot express to you how concentrated these little pods are. Contain effectively a pack of cigarettes. And kids... What? Yeah. One pod? Yeah. So it's not like it's not like you you only hit it ten times like a cigarette, but you you don't have a bead on how often you're hitting it, how hard you're hitting it. And so, you know, you we were at a Cubs game last year. Remember we yeah, were yeah. sitting behind these two dudes and I asked them about it, but they were both hitting jewels. And it was like constant, like every and there was a guy seconds. chewing tobacco behind us that was just spitting on the ground. I right. think it was splashing on me. <laughs> it was super gross, but both are gross. But um, but this stuff is dangerous, and kids have no idea how dangerous vaping and juuling is. It's first of all, like in some countries where they've actually investigated it through their FDAs, um, it can cause something called popcorn lung, yeah. which is this. So the juice is sticky. I've actually put it between two of my fingers because I read an article about this. They said, put it between your fingers. So I took a drop. The kid brought um, 
uh, vape juice. It comes in these little vials. All this apparatus, by the way, is wildly appealing to kids. It's really kind of cool. It's like a little lab, a little cool thing that you carry around. But um, I took a drop of vape juice, put it between my index finger and my thumb, and it's sticky. And so you can, like, and the more you touch it, the more it's almost like glue-like. After about 10 seconds on my fingers, my fingers were numb. And that's what the article said. Your fingers are going to feel numb. And that's what's happening to the inner lining of your lungs when you inhale it. Hear that, everybody? So, and this stuff is easy to conceal, doesn't smell, super cool. A a jewel looks cool. It looks like a little tiny flash drive. So John has had kids show him videos of them. There's like sweatshirts that have a little pocket for your jewel. And he's... Right at your wrist. Yeah. Because then you just lift your hand to your face like I'm doing it now, and you... Hit it, and you can blow out, blow a little vapor cloud, and you can, then you can pull it back in. You can draw it right back in. So you can do it in class, and yeah, kids so, do. Yeah, they do it in class. So didn't someone show you a video of, like, 10 people smoking or hitting, what did you say, hitting their jewel, like, just when the teacher turned around? And by the time the teacher ripping. turned around. They were ripping their Ripping, jewels. I mean. I'm yeah. not ripping. But hitting is right, too. Of course. Ripping is hitting hard. I think. <laughs> so this girl I was working with a couple years ago, she said, people do it in class. And I'm like... No way, no way. Because I can smell that stuff. I can, uh-huh. I can smell like the candy, the, the sickening sweet smell of it. And she goes, "I'm gonna make you a video." I'm like, "Okay." Oh, so, she made it for you. So in in a class, she literally holds up her phone while the teacher's got his back to the class and does a one, two, three. Everyone, ten kids, let out a cloud in this class and then draw it back in. And she turns her phone around and shows the teacher turning around. Teacher has no idea, doesn't, and you can see the teacher has no idea. It's unbelievable. So another another episode um, where I lost my cool, I was at um, a meeting, an IEP meeting at the high school here, and um, I had to go to the bathroom. So I excused myself from the meeting, oh, yeah. and the faculty bathroom, which I would normally use, is locked. Uh, so somebody's in there. So I, um, I'm like, well, it's the middle of class. There's no kids around. I'm just going to go to the boys' bathroom, oh, yeah. you know, like who cares? And um, I walk in there. It's th- there's a it is a vapor cloud. It's a massive vapor cloud, and um, and six kids retreat to two stalls. I mean, and I literally start lecturing them. I'm like, listen, guys, I don't work here, but that stuff is so stupid and so bad for you. And if I worked here and and, and I could find a trace of weed and anything you've got there. You guys could be expelled from this place. And I punched the door of one of the stalls. Wow, that's so not like you, I actually. know, but I was so upset because it's the middle of class. So everyone asked for like a hall pass. Can I have a hall pass, Mr. Johnson? <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. You know, and they're doing it constantly, man. It's making me crazy because because it's it's so seductive, these things. It's so – they're so cleverly designed um, to draw kids in and – there's so little oversight. So there is this epidemic going on underneath our noses that is invisible. Um, and so because you could you could rifle through your kid's backpack for an hour, and they could have four jewels in there, and you would be unaware of it. Right. They look like flash drives. Did yeah. you say that? Yeah. And you can and you and you can hit you can you know create a little compartment for it. You know what I mean? Like that you would never even find. Yeah. And I can you, see their kids become all about it. Like the, all the um, oh, it's components like, it's a, it's a and other different ways. It's, yeah, kids are proud of their little pieces. 
Wait, can you go back for a second? Did you say that one jewel pod has the nicotine of a pack of cigarettes? Correct. And do you smoke one jewel pod all at one time? Or no. do you oh, oh, oh no, no, not necessarily. But you probably smoke it you definitely smoke it faster than a sixteen year old would have smoked a pack of cigarettes a generation ago. Way faster. Because think about what you have to go through to smoke a cigarette now. Right. Right? You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of steps involved, right? You gotta get outside, you gotta light the thing, it takes a few minutes, it smells, it makes you smell. There's a whole yeah. thing, right? You know, like to hide that is a process. This isn't a process. This is nothing. This is easy. And the process part is kind of fun. You're kind of like in a lab and, you know, there's little, like, you got a little battery in there and you got to check the battery life. And, you know, like, kids love this crap. Believe me, kids love these things. Does the... And smart kids love these things. Not just, like, not just the... Everybody. Not just the basement dwellers. Everybody. Everybody. You, you, so, wait, somebody said the percentage of people, kids, they think are doing it. Uh, most kids will tell you that 80% of the kids okay. in their high school do it. So, so just, just as, a, a, as a note, like, so um, I read an article and it, they said up to 25% of high school students vape uh, on a regular basis. And that, my friends, is a joke. <laughs> not my friends. <laughs> that is yeah. a joke. It is way, way more than that. I promise you that. And if your kid is 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 or 16, he or she has probably hit one of these things. And they think... That it's, they probably think it's safe, pretty safe. Pretty innocuous, yeah. yeah. I mean, they definitely, the, the, what I, the lip I hear about it is, hey, it's way safer than smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And it's not drinking. It's not, you know, you aren't like in some weird altered state. But we started this podcast talking about pot, right? I think sincerely that the gateway, so I don't think that pe- people used to think that pot was a gateway drug. I think a lot of adults still do because, when their kid smokes pot, they feel like, ooh, that's going to lead to other drugs. As a side note, typically pot smokers don't get addicted to the next step. They don't, they don't take meth or heroin or cocaine. They don't, yeah, I agree with that. Most pot smokers smoke pot. They might experiment with something at Lollapalooza, <laughs> um, like every other kid. Yeah. <laughs> but pot smokers tend to smoke pot. The gateway to pot is juuling and vaping. This I'm certain of. Okay. Because the pro- first of all, you can you can smoke weed out of a vapor or a jewel now, and um, it's the so the process is literally the same. So because what they put it in the wax. Yeah. So so you, there, there's dabs, which is wax um, uh, THC. Yeah, and it's super super concentrated, um, but so it also is get odorless. Wa- where do you get? The, do you make it? Where do you get wax THC? Dude, you either order dude, off I don't the know, dark dude. web. Or, okay. uh, or, just or typically, there get it from your a, next door neighbor. There's an enterprising, <laughs> you know, 19 year old recent high school grad who's smart enough to go into the city and collect it from some dude who got it from Mexico. That's why we need a wall. <laughs> He's kidding. I'm kidding. It's so not why. No, no. We don't. And um, no, and then oftentimes it's grown right here um, and distilled in California, in California, Colorado, into the dabs. But um, and some kid just drives out to the suburbs and hangs out in parking lots at high schools. So in states where it's legal, so just can you just buy dabs? Oh yeah, 
Okay, so that's just one of the ways you can consume legal marijuana. Oh, there's tons of ways. I mean, you can buy dabs. You can buy. You can smoke it like you used to with a joint, or you can eat it in a cookie. You can. Yeah, there's edibles. All sorts of edibles. You can eat it in a lollipop. And nobody knows the. You strength. can also take tablets. Like you know, there's concentrated THC tablets, but the dosages. The problem we have here is that. Here, here comes a little dissertation on why I am not. I'm all for um, legalizing marijuana. I actually think there's medicinal purposes that um, that has the American drug companies shaking in their freaking boots because it's going to be such a useful anti-anxiety agent in some form, antidepressant in some form, um, anti-pain in some form. Um, this is going to be a very useful drug once, but. Right now, it's a Schedule One drug like heroin. So, so the FDA, while they're while in Amsterdam, they're testing these things like crazy, and they've got they've distilled down some THC pills. Here, we're moving real, real slow on that because you can't legally do a lot of research with pot. Got it. Because nationally, it's considered a Schedule One drug. Got it. So anyway, that's I, I think that there's probably a responsible way to channel the use of this drug. But right now, we don't, we don't have that. So kind of We're to, behind. to summarize, well, I, I will say it is of note that you typically are not someone who gets that excited about smoking pot. Like you don't, it doesn't bother you that much. In, t- historically, when ki- you're, you have kids that smoke pot, you don't get that excited about it. Parents might think, oh my God, I'm in a crisis. And you're like, you know what? It's not that big of a crisis. It's interesting to see how your reaction though to this vaping and juuling and saying that it, you know, you're again, you, and you don't think pot is necessarily a gateway to other drugs, like we've said historically, but you do think this vaping and juuling is a gateway to, to smoking pot. I and, am and smoking of that. pot that you have no idea the strength or the ingredients. Right. And by so, – so you, you're right that I do not get my shorts in a bunch about um, kids smoking pot. That's it. In that, I, I'm not worried for – not deeply worried for their well-being. I think alcohol is a more dangerous drug uh, on the whole, to be really that's what I, That's what I mean. That's however, what I mean. Right. However um, – a lot of kids smoke pot right now because these are very anxious times, more so than ever before in my experience. And the danger of pot isn't – we uh, we're, our lens is focused in the wrong spot because we're focused on like, oh, my God, my kid's smoking pot. My kid's doing drugs. This is going to lead to more drugs. I'm going to get worse. It's bad enough as it is right. because pot is – a wildly demotivating substance. <laughs> I mean, like, so kids who are disengaged and not part of a team, a sport, a group, a club, something that is progressive, that's moving their life forward, the pot smokers in a basement or a garage will welcome that kid with open arms. And you can lose years smoking pot. I, w- I worked with a guy recently. He came back to me after 10 years. Mm-hmm. He was nearly a hundred pounds heavier, and he was. This guy got a thirty-five on his ACT ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Went to community college for a semester. Played video games for the next nine and a half years. Oh my god! Came back to me. He's starting. To, he's a barista. 
and he's starting to put it back together now. Okay. But he lost 10 years of his life to pot. And then he will tell you that that's, that's the risk. Pot's not going to kill you. Pot's just going to take your life away. <laughs> yeah. That's a little wow. poignant, right? Yeah, very yeah. poignant. So pot's, pot's, it's of concern to me, but not for the reasons you think. Right. Any kids who know me, who have worked with me even for two hours, know how I feel about this stuff. I am not much for the lecture in my room or at your house, but I'll lecture about this all day long because um, this stuff, I think there is no remote upside to it. It is um, strictly harmful. Kid, kids will be gassed coming up the two flights of stairs to our office. Oh, wow. They'll be tired. Um, kids will ask if they can hit their vape during a session because they can't wait because they because of nicotine because that's so, so potent. It's, yeah, it's an addiction. Yeah. So so the answer so there's, is there's nothing good about where, it, and there's, there's nothing, nothing okay good about, about it. it. <laughs> so with your young kids, start if your kid's starting middle school next year. Start talking to your kid now yeah. about vaping and juuling and how you feel about it and just be really, really clear about it. And again, that's not an antidote. It's a start. But keep talking to them about it and play them this podcast <laughs> um, because this is the truth. I mean, this is what I know to be true about this stuff. And um, and stay on it. Stay on it. Talk about it. Uh, you don't have to be – I don't think if there's utility in playing parental cop and, right. you know, rifling through their stuff. You might find it, you might not, but kids hit, hit each other's vapes all the time. That your kid can put their vape in a baggie, in a bush in the, your front yard and pick it up when they leave and drop it off when they come home. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you, you don't want to start that because it creates this cat and mouse game and it draws this big line between you and you just become an enemy and they're going to avoid you, but they're going to keep doing it. So you want to talk about it. You want to talk about it a lot and let them know. Seriously, make them listen to this. This might help. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. Um, that was, an, I think that's a very important topic. And, and the, the, the point here is like to inform you guys as parents and you guys as kids, because I think people don't know the extent to which all this is, um, the vapes and jewels are being used. Not a chance. Or the degree to which it leads to weed and what the real issues are with weed. Yeah. So, um, you know, information is power, knowledge is power, and, and that this is part of it, right? Yeah. So if you are kids listening, start a counter-revolution. I've seen it happen before where um, th this happened at this, this little high school in Chicago here. Um, a kid I worked with um, had, had, had been away from his phone for a couple of months. He had gone to a therapeutic wilderness experience. And he came back and he found his smartphone, his iPhone, to be overwhelming, got a flip phone, started a little thing where everyone thought, oh, that's real cool, man, having a flip yeah, phone, super that. retro, yeah. man, that's awesome. And so a bunch of kids at this school now carry flip phones around. Be the kid who says no to vaping and jeweling. Be the badass who's like, no, man, that's stupid. Yeah. What's the point? Stupid. What, seriously, what's the point? Yeah. You know? Be that kid. Yeah. You'll like win. All You'll right. win. They'll be all about it. Yeah, that's great advice. So, yeah. Open your eyes and start the conversation. And I apologize if my voice is thin and reedy. It feels thin and reedy to me. Jeez, like my hair. You haven't mentioned that. <laughs> the hair is something. Um, all right. Well, thanks, honey. Thanks, honey. Uh, I hope that helps and makes everyone's life a little bit better. Um, have a great week. Ooh, that, that, that was a good product placement. 
Yes. All right. Love you guys. Love, love you, you, honey. Love you. All right. Bye.